Good evening, good evening. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone. We are back from Thanksgiving break, and this is the Across the Tracks podcast. This is Across the Tracks podcast. I am Steve. And I am Wayne, and happy Thanksgiving to all. He said we're back from feasting for a few days and relaxing and chilling. Always good to be here. So how was your holiday, my friend? It was good. It was good. Uh, went down to visit uh, Alex down in Clarksville, Tennessee. You know, we were we were COVID, uh, uh, practicing COVID uh, responsibilities. We wore masks, you know, the 99.5% of the time, even when we were inside. And um, went down there and just kind of hung out and ate and slept and ate slept <laughs> and I always got my always got my walk on my run in so I always did that first you know so since my routine is to run two days and then walk a day I um, ran the morning before we went down there and then the next day I, I walked and then I ran two days and then this morning I got up and uh, walked my four miles I, I power walk type stuff okay. you know so Okay. Got that over with, and then Lynn and I, we, you know, jumped in the, uh, jumped in the uh, truck and came on back to Indianapolis. Uh, went to, uh, went downtown uh, Nashville and uh, ate at a, had a little brunch at an outside um, restaurant, so that we could still practice COVID, COVID sense, you know. So. Right. We did that, and that was about it. You know, how about how about you and Cynthia? What you yeah, guys do? Not a whole lot, man. We're on red out here for COVID, uh, so things have gotten a little bit out of hand. So, uh, no indoor dining, and you know, it's a little cold to sit outside out here right now. So, so yeah, we're on red. So we basically, you know, dined and uh, you know had had the dinner on Thanksgiving Day, caught up on some movies. And uh, one of the flicks we pulled out, uh, you know, that's what we found, man. You know, there's a lot of black uh, Christmas movies, you know, Mm -hmm. you can find a lot of those. But we're like, is there a black Thanksgiving movie? And uh, I searched the catalog and the only film I could come up with that was remotely close was Soul Food. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we watched Soul Food uh, Thanksgiving night. And a uh, great film. And uh, that was our evening, man. Had some had some dessert. And uh, and that was it, man. So we're still dealing with uh, COVID lockdown out here. I'm not sure when people are going to get their head out of their butts and just do what they're supposed to do. So <laughs> we are in condition red out here. So now are they is, did the governor out there divide the counties up and go red, green? Yeah, I think. Uh, but I think, you know, pretty much up. Up north, I think Denver's been, they've been locked down for a while. Uh, but the county we're in, uh, El Paso County, down here where in Colorado Springs is, we, we went red on Friday. So uh, we went condition red on Friday. So I haven't been keeping up with the other counties. Um, but, yeah, it's usually some type of color system. And uh, I think some of the other counties, too, have, have gone red uh, because it's it's just spiking out here like crazy. So yeah. Uh, I, it is what I, it is. What was I, that? I noticed. I noticed that. I think that all these governors are getting together and saying that we're going to say this is the. This, we're going to keep the same type um, recognition of COVID because yeah. I know in the state of Indiana too, they went to this idea of red and orange and yellow. Yeah. And so on. So it's based on county. I, right, right. I think that's a way that the it, it, I know in Indiana the governor here basically is covering his ass right. by saying that I'm not locking everything down. It's based on each county. Hmm. So if your county is orange, you do so much. If your county is red, you have to stop doing stuff. So, and if it's yellow. You know, you can dine up to 50 people. If right, it's right. orange, it's 25 people. Red, less than 10 and all that. So right, right. I think they kind of get together on that. You know, maybe it's the, CD, the CDC's come out with that recently or something. Yeah. But, yeah, they're, I think they're all following each other's lead on yeah. that. 
Yeah. Our matter of fact, our governor has tested positive. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So everybody's like, oh, wow. You know, uh, what what did you do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's just it's crazy, man. It, it is just crazy that people can't do what they're supposed to do, man. It's 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 going to be it, it's going to it's going to be another outburst here. Now that Thanksgiving is over, people have traveled and they've done all this. Christmas is going to probably explode, you know, from from the activity a couple of weeks from now, right before right. Christmas. So, right. And it's sad, man, because, yeah, people are tired of this, but we're never going to break through if we, if we can't get people to follow the minimal guidelines, man. Yep. You know, I know. it's sort of I mean, Lynn and I were hesitant about going down to Alex's. We just said, yeah. uh, we'll, we'll practice yeah. Practice what everybody says we're supposed to do, and right, you know, right. maybe, maybe you know, we'll we'll be okay. So, yeah. you know, we're not planning on going out any place any anytime soon. So we're going to try to hunker down as best we can yeah. at yeah. home since we went out of went out of state. Right, right. You know, so yeah, yeah, we we are in for the long haul. We're not going anywhere. No, no traveling for us. So yeah. we'll. We'll be here uh, doing our thing, and uh, you know, I mean, we there play. We go to the grocery store and places like that. But uh, beyond that, man, there's you know the restaurants are closed, the bars are closed, the gyms are closed. So it's 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 gonna be a long winter, and Christmas is probably gonna be as exciting as Thanksgiving was. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yep, right. yep, er. So, so what do we got on our what do we so, have on our uh, docket tonight? You know, we, we something popped into my mind, and this we, we were talking. Something just popped into my mind. I want to throw this out to you before we get into the, the topics for tonight. We got about uh, three or four topics we want to hit on tonight. But something popped into my mind while we were talking. You're a history teacher. You're a history buff, student of history, and um, I wonder in your studies, had you ever heard? about the real story behind Thanksgiving. Had you ever heard anything about the real story behind Thanksgiving in your studies of history? Not not in the not in the sense that was covered in the textbook and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. They, they they don't really talk about that. They just talk right, about, right. you know, you know, the pilgrims and right, right, right. Know, all that and so on. But no, there was none of none of that that was really really yeah. covered. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. 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 We were listening to um, Satellite Radio, Sirius XM is one of the shows we were listening to. And the, one of the guests was on there. He was a Native American from the um, Mohawk tribe. Yep. And um, man, fascinating. Um, you know, and the guy said, you know, uh, the normal story, like you say, that's in the textbooks, the story of Squant, story of Squanto helping right. out the the new people, the new settlers that had come over, helping them learn how to plant and all this stuff. And they shared a, a meal and all this. Good. That's the story of Thanksgiving that we <laughs> taught that's over right. the years. All right. So he went into like, but there's more to this. And uh, he explained how. I guess a white settler or a white man had gotten killed and the blame fell upon the Native Americans that were also in the same area. And the people rioted and basically massacred the men, the women and children of that tribe. Mm -hmm. And the term Thanksgiving was born out of that massacre. And I believe the gentleman's name was James Bradford. Uh, he exclaimed that we want to give thanks for basically massacring. Massacring, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh! I mean, this, <laughs> wow! I mean, my wife and I were blown away when we heard that because I had never heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we didn't learn what we learned in school was what my daughter learned in school. <laughs> you know that. You know, these these people were helped out by the Native American people and they had a big meal and blah, blah, blah. Lie. <laughs> you know, so I, I just man, it's it's amazing how history gets twisted. Yeah. In and that the way it's passed down, the way it's passed down. And it's like, why not tell why not tell people what really happened? And we, we still see that today, man, how certain aspects 
of things that go on in society, they get hijacked and they get spun another way. So certain people are made to feel good about the situation. Right. And it's not until later that we like, well, what the hell? This is what happened. My God. You know, so I just I thought that was weird. And I just wanted to ping you and see, like, had you heard that uh, as a history teacher? Had you heard that story um, out there in in your studies along the way? So and, and you know, Wayne, the m- majority of that that type of information that's that's provided by people telling stories, you know, that as time goes on stories change right and some people want to cover things up as you mentioned you know let's give thanksgiving you know that we were able to survive this this thing and so you the majority flips the switch on that and then it yeah. becomes something even though it was negative it became something positive right 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 and so yep that's yeah. where, as you mentioned, that's where the story comes in, is that we're giving thanks to this this group that was was killed. Right. You know, and, yeah. and that's happened throughout history. You know, out right. in your area, you know, we talk about, you know, the Battle of Wounded Knee. Right. You know, and how these people were fleeing, uh, you know, to Canada, you know, and and they stop them before they get there, and they murder every, they kill everybody. Right, right, right. They just leave their bodies out out in the snow, and so on, and so. Right, right. Uh, 1973, that's when the uh, on the anniversary of Wounded Knee. No, no, I take that back. 1973, when the Native Americans took over part of the government buildings in Washington D.C. because they wanted people to tell the truth about what really happened with the Wounded Knee massacre. Right, right. You know, and Chief Joseph and his family and everybody killed, and all they wanted to do was get away. Right, right. You know, and so, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of those things has happened, and, you know, people tend to cover things up. And not, not to say this is a, a good or a bad thing, you know, there are certain stories that I question sometimes that are in the Bible, you know, and I wonder how can they, how could they do that? Well, how do you, how do we know that's exactly what's happened? Have you ever had those thoughts before? Of course. I mean, yeah. You know, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, and yeah. you thinking this stuff has been interpreted you know, the Rosetta Stone has been interpreted by all these people. And, you know, when when uh, Martin Luther questioned the Catholic Church, you know, with his 95 Thesis, it's like these things are written down by human beings. They can say anything they want and tell people that this is how it happened, which, you know, it didn't really happen that way. Right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I think it's the Bible is one of those mysteries, man. It's yes. you, you, you read it and you truly have to have faith. I believe to, to yep. say, you know, yeah, I believe this. And for me, it really became, it really became clear to me that you know what, I, yeah, I, I believe this because I went to a lot of the places. Mm-hmm. I've actually been to a lot of the places in the Bible, walked in those places where these. You know, these apostles and they walked. I mean, I've been to Ephesus and I've been to Corinth and I've been to Thessalonica and all these places. It's like these places really existed. Yep. And it, it and it gives you a different perspective on things. And um, so I, that's my take on it. Um, you know, I yeah, for me, knowing that, like, this place really existed. And so, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and so. What is the story behind this place? You know, like Ephesus, you know, Paul preached at Ephesus so many times and Ephesus was the center of a lot of activity back in the New Testament times. And to go there and see like, wow, this this place really existed. And here's it said that he did this here. Well, there's still remnants of that here. And it's like, wow. And it it gives you a different perspective. 
perspective on things. And so that that's that's what it is for me. I I, I enjoy reading reading the scriptures and, and I think you 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 get something different out of them every time you read them. Something right. something else gets revealed to you. So and, and it makes you question sometimes like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, did that did that really happen? I mean, yeah. can you can you imagine back then you know, these things are, are, are taking place. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. 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 I mean, Absolutely. The, the word, I mean, just think about right now. A hundred years from now, what are people going to say? You know, yeah. the, on, the only difference between what happened 3,000 years ago and what's going on now is that there's video and audio yep. tape of those things that are happening. Yep. And even that, you may have to question some of it because yeah. you can take a video uh, or words of somebody and splice it to say anything that you wanted them to say yep. by just taking snippets of things. So manipulating uh, multimedia can also tell a false narrative, even though that we've got these videos, you know, even though that we know that this person said this on this day, now there's something else they're saying two weeks later, but no, you, we saw you, we heard you say it two weeks ago and now you're saying something different. Right. Right. You know, so, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll be long gone. We'll see what our ancestors (laughs) say about this time period. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is definitely going to be, um, like you say, we'll be long gone. But uh, you know, and that's that's weird, man. Because you, I don't know about you, man. But one, do you ever think like, man, one day I'm not gonna be here? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and it's at times it's sobering, man. That like, man, you know, I'm not gonna be here at one point, you know. So. Yep. As I say, I'll leave it there. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's one of those things, man, that uh, our life life is a mystery you know, in a lot of ways, man. A lot of ways. Yes, it is a mystery. So, so um, the few topics we have on tap for tonight, they're, they're all t- sort of um, centered around historical type things. And the first one we want to throw out is uh, to chat about is uh, the Pope. Uh, Pope Francis has appointed the first black cardinal in the history of the Catholic Church, which I'm like, do you know how long the Catholic Church has been in existence? (laughs) And we're just now having a black cardinal. Uh, Mr. uh, He's an archbishop uh, in D.C., Wilton Gregory. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm like, I'm thinking like there had been a lot of black cardinals. And when I read, I'm like, never a black cardinal. And I'm like, wow. I mean, things like that, just like you're, you're, you're great that, wow, this happened. But at the same time, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah. In the entire history of the Catholic Church? Yeah, as, as if there's, they don't have black people in Africa. Wow. They don't have Black Catholics in Af- Africa. They don't have black Catholics in Africa, do they? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, that I don't know. I, yeah, I, they I, do. I, I mean, Catholicism is on every continent. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, man, in the entire history of the Catholic Church, you know, there's there's black bishops, but never a black cardinal. I'm like, black card- I mean, when something like that happens, it's like, I mean, what what the heck? <laughs> you know, why does it take so long for for us to achieve something that other people just take for granted that yeah, there's there's cardinals, there's white cardinals, whatever. I mean, is are there Hispanic cardinals? <laughs> I mean, you well, start absolutely. to question. You know, you start to question. It's like what 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 is wrong with I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I, I think I think this this pope is different than the other popes. He's this pope that we have, we have, that they have. <laughs> this pope is more of a people's pope. Mm-hmm. You know, he is more of a reformer. Although he has let something slide, 
Yeah. But he he is more of a reformer that I've seen than all the other popes prior to. Mm. You know, and for the longest time the Italians had, you know, the the uh, the the lockdown on the papacy. Right, right. You know? And so this pope, uh, who is from Argentina originally. Yeah. And was more professor type and more of a a pope that that dealt with the common man and so on. So I I don't see that it is unusual for him to do it. Yeah. Now now he's been the pope. I don't know how long he's been the pope. I have to think about it. I have to look, research it. But he's been the pope for at least a decade and a half. Okay. And so, um, you know, he's he's kind of making a step forward. You know, and he chooses a, a cardinal from the United States, a black cardinal from uh, a bishop to promote yeah. to Cardinal from the United States, from the Washington, D.C. area, because even even um, uh, the individual he appointed, you know, is one of those guys that took no prisoners. You know, he right. he he didn't take any crap from anybody. So it goes along with the the thought that, you know, this guy should be lifted up. You know, for what he's done for the D.C. area and the stands that he's taken, you know, sometimes controversial and the Pope, you know, is rewarding for that. So I'm going to say, hey, bravo for that. At least we've got the first. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That that is a great honor. It's a great honor. And uh, yeah, it's it's, I just I just thought it weird because I thought there were black cardinals, (laughs) you know. I thought they were black. The story just caught me off guard. You were talking about uh, Pope Francis. His papacy began on uh, in March of 2013. So, oh, okay, yeah. Think about now. Who was the pope? There's one pope that quit prior to. Yeah, him, that right? was Benedict. His predecessor, Benedict. Benedict. Yes. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. who I'm thinking about. Yeah, Benedict. Yeah. So I, I, I like Pope Francis. Uh, again, I, I think he's a man of the people, and uh, you know, I think that's. You want you want someone at that at that level, someone occupying that level of of authority, so to speak. Um, you know, you you want someone who is you know is is humble, uh, truly cares about the people. And from what I've seen, uh, like you say, he has let a few things slip here or there, but from for the most part, he is truly uh, uh, you know cares about people and is a man of the people. So. So I, I applaud this uh, him elevating uh, Archbishop Gregory uh, to cardinal. I think it's it's awesome, fantastic. Yep, yep. So um, for the next topic, I'll throw this one to you because it's in your realm, being a football coach. <laughs> I'm going to throw this over to you and let you discuss uh, Sarah Fuller, uh, who made a historic, uh, made a landmark uh, historical thing yesterday. Uh, I'll, I'll let you take it from there as as a <laughs> as a football coach. <laughs> Sarah Fuller is known as the first ever female to participate in a top five division one football, and she is a place kicker and. Sarah Fuller was able to work her behind off and get to a point that she felt confident enough that she could, I guess I could say, put on her big boy shoe. (laughs) (laughs) She could put on her big boy shoes. Maybe I should say big boy cleats. Yeah. And literally uh, become a first. And she made history by kicking for the University of Vanderbilt. And uh, she kicked off. Yep, yep. And uh, it was the first time a, a female has, has done that. She had played soccer before. 
Uh, I think she was a goalie, a goalkeeper for the uh, Vanderbilt's women's soccer team. And, um, you know, they because of COVID and all those things, several players had had COVID and uh, tested positive. And they had to find somebody to do the kicking duties. Right, right, right. And they went to the the soccer soccer team and found Sarah Fuller and she became the first female ever to participate in division one football for the university of Vanderbilt. Yep. Awesome. Awesome. And when she, when she kicked off (laughs) the, the, the kickoff didn't travel that far, but she did (laughs) kick off, you know, normally, you know, when, when the guys kick the ball, you know, they can kick it 60 yards or 65 yards right, into right. the end zone. I think hers traveled like 30 some yards or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could have been planned because yeah. I know that, you know, uh, some teams practice the pooch kick, which is a high kick and it, it, you know, stays up in the air a long time. And the, the kickoff team can get down and cover right, right. the um, ball before the receiver, before, they can get very far. So that holds them in check as opposed to, you know, returning a 90 yard kickoff or a touchdown. This gives the, the kicker, the defenders a chance to um, go down and defend. Right. That, that could have been part of uh, that kickoff. Right. Right. Even though it's historic, you know, it didn't, it didn't travel that far, but the the fact is, you kicked off, man. Yes. It's historic. So we want to congratulate uh, Sarah Fuller for that accomplishment. And I'm sure we haven't heard the last of her uh, And in, in the realm of football. Looks like she's here to stay. And uh, if so, it's a good thing, man. You know, yeah. uh, it, it's it's changing of the guard in a lot of aspects to where, you know, women are, are breaking into areas of sports where it's been closed off for the longest time. You know, it, it's it's weird today. I, not weird, but, you know, you turn on and like today, I think I was watching the Kansas City um, Tampa Bay game and there was female referee on the field yep. uh, during that game. You've got female refs in the NBA. Uh, I don't know if there are any female umpires in baseball. I don't know if, if that's happened yet. I don't know either. I don't think. And I, I mean, I don't watch a lot of baseball, but I don't. When the highlights, you, I don't think I've ever seen a female umpire in baseball. Hmm. But basketball, um, football, it's it's the norm now, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they don't take a lot of crap, especially in the NBA. Those 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 late, they don't take any crap from those players. They make a call, they stick to it, and and that's it. You know, they they tee people up, and it's like. Okay, you know, and you know, and they know the game. They've been they around the game their entire time, and they've had to literally um, work their way, work That's their right. way up. Absolutely, you know. So, um, and I can't think of the one lady's name, um, but she's a blonde-haired lady. She's been in the uh, NFL for, gosh, several years now. Okay. Several years now. Uh, let me see if I can find her name somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's the Major League Baseball. I don't know. Yeah, I and don't know if there's any, female any, umpires. Yeah, are in uh, in Major League Baseball. I don't know if that is the case, but yeah. NBA for sure. Of course, WNBA a lot, lot of female refs. Uh, but again, like you say, they know the game. And uh, you, you respect you respect that fact. So it's all good, man. It's all yep, good. Yep, yep. It's yep. all good. Yep. So Sarah, Sarah Thompson is the Sarah Thompson. Lady. Okay. Yeah. That's the one lady. So yeah, she's been in the league uh, since 2015. Okay. Yeah, since 2015, she's been working professionally for almost six years. Wow. Yep. That's awesome. That is awesome. And, and you know they have uh, a couple of female assistant coaches in uh, the NFL as well. Yep, yep, yep. Got got a few in the NBA as well. And uh, it, it's changing, man. It is changing. I, I mean, I, if you know the game and you can apply the game and teach the game, hey, more power to you. More yep. power to you. And so I think it's great. 
And uh, again, it shows young girls what is possible. You know, it's it's all about working hard. And I think the opportunities, if you work hard, the opportunities should be there for you. And uh, and we're seeing that happen uh, in the major sports leagues. And I'm sure baseball is not going to be far behind. Um, if 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 it hasn't made it yet that there are no female umpires, I'm sure it's just going to be a matter of time before there are. So. Yep. Yes, all right. Sir. All right. Um, moving on. Our next topic, again, from a historical nature, uh, Bruce Carver Boynton passed away uh, this week. And for those folks listening who, who are not familiar with Mr. Boynton, he inspired the uh, freedom uh, from uh, back in 1961, inspired the freedom rides. Yes. And uh, the Freedom Riders uh, were those folks who, you know, sacrificed uh, their lives. They put their lives on the line. Uh, They rode interstate buses down into the segregated South, and they rode those buses to challenge the Supreme Court decision that all uh, buses should be uh, not segregated. It was unconstitutional to have segregated buses. Yes. So a lot of folks sacrificed, put their lives on the line, but Bruce Boynton uh, was one of the folks who inspired uh, the Freedom Rides, uh, you know, and the Freedom Rides. We we know all about those. But your thoughts on Mr. Boynton? Yeah. Uh, uh, Howard University student who was traveling uh, the interstates and he decided to stop. I think he was in Virginia, if I remember correctly. And he. Uh, got off the bus to go to the uh, little diner inside the bus station to get something to eat and to go to the bathroom. And when he went to the bathroom, he went to the, uh, the, the station, there was a colored section and there was a white section, of course. And he saw that the, the black section of the bus terminal was just filthy. And he goes, I'm not going to go in there and use the bathroom. I'm not going to go in there to get anything to eat. Right. And so he said, I'm I'm going to, you know, integrate. He, he didn't literally say that I'm going to integrate this bus terminal. He goes, I'm just not going to eat in filth, you know. And so he sat in the bus terminal until he was served. And... um uh, other people said he was crazy for doing it because, you know, back then, um, I think it was like uh, maybe it was a couple of years before, maybe a year or so before the Freedom Ride started. Right. Is that when he, he did that and a lot of the civil rights teenagers, young people at the uh, university level, saw what he did and said that they're going to integrate the interstate bus terminal because the Supreme Court had ruled prior to, as you mentioned, that interstate travel uh, could not be segregated because that deals with the entire country. Uh, if there were something that was intrastate travel within a state, the Supreme Court really uh, hadn't dealt with that uh, yet either. So now we're dealing with an interstate, you know, commerce between states, which the federal government has uh, the right to have judgment on. You know, if something just happens within the state of Indiana, there are state laws that deal that. But since these the bus terminal dealt with interstate um, travel, then uh, Bryce Boynton felt that you know, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and take this, and so that was the catalyst for, uh, I think it was Freedom Summer, yep. 1961, that the uh, Freedom Rides left Virginia, made yep. their way, you know, south through the Carolinas, and then was supposed to end in New Orleans, if I remember correctly. Yep, yep, absolutely, that is correct. Yep. That is correct. So. Yep, Bruce Carver Boynton. Uh, rest in peace. Rest in power. Yes, so, sir. Want to want to salute him for uh, inspiring uh, inspiring people to uh, you know to make life better for all mankind. So yes, absolutely. Yes. 
but we were having these memorials, you know, wow. like weekly. And so, I yeah. mean, he was, he was 83 years old. Yep. So, yep. you know, that's a, just imagine, as you mentioned, that the people that's been affected by, you know, his selflessness right, right. Uh, and courage yep. to step forward and to be a young, you know, to be a young college student and knowing that the trouble that you could cause, I guess, as John Lewis said, that was good trouble. That was good trouble. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah. right. And and it's it's to me, man, it's uh, my wife and I were talking about this the other day. You You take a look at a lot of these folks, man, who didn't think twice about. You know, I'm going to go out here and I'm going to march. or I'm going to ride on this bus or I'm not like you say. He's like, I'm not going. I'm not going in that bathroom. It's filthy. You know, I'm, I'm not doing that. I'm not subjecting myself to that level of humiliation. And you think about all the folks who did that, who sacrificed. So you and I can be here on these airwaves tonight chatting about, you know, different topics. And we're free to do that. Yep. It's like, OK, where did we lose that along the way in that I'm I'm sorry I don't see that level of sacrifice today I don't see that I I don't see someone like we we know we we talk about Colin Kaepernick him sacrificing his career when Muhammad Ali made his stand back in the 60s a lot of other black athletes, famous black athletes, came and said, we got your back, brother. We're going to stand with you. And when Kaepernick made his stand, really nobody came to his defense. You know, a lot of people said some things or not, but other than him sacrificing, I didn't see anybody else sacrificing anything. You know, he's pretty much blackballed out of the league, can't ply his trade as an NFL quarterback, can't ply his trade. But no one sacrificed with him. And uh, I think the elders, those who have passed on, if they're looking down, I think they would be disappointed in, in what they're seeing um, within our community right now. Yeah. There, there were uh, some people that, that stood with Kaepernick that, you know, literally paid the same price as him. Uh, the guy who first uh, knelt with him. I think uh, was it Eric Reed? Yeah, Eric Reed. Yeah. And so he was he was blackballed for a while, and he got picked up by a couple of teams. But as soon as they, you know, got guff or grief from somebody, they let him go. And right. So as of right now, he's I mean he's you know maybe thirty years old. Yeah. Yeah. And he's he hasn't been picked up by anybody. Yeah. Now it's it's you know thirty years old. Let's think about this for a second. You remember what you were doing? You were thirty years old. I remember what I was doing when I was thirty years old. And for his short period of time, in his you know, three years of being in an NFL, he's made more money than we made probably in the 15 years that we worked. All right. <laughs> you know, and he's playing a game that, you know, that I played and a lot of other people played. And, you know, his livelihood changed, yes. But, you know, did he did, did he get a degree? Was he able to finish up? You know, what's his fallback? Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and and these young guys that are that are playing in the NFL and so on, you know, they they it's really hard to see someone like Ezekiel Ezekiel that plays for uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott that plays for the Cowboys. You know, he's the highest paid running back in the National Football League. You know, like $70 million. $70 million. We've worked worked for 30 years and we haven't made a million. (laughs) And he's only 25 years old, Wayne. Right, right, right. You know, so, I mean, it's, 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 it's an odd 
situation that, you know, you look at the civil rights and what he has done for folks and the Bryce Boynton and so on. And then you look at the opposite end of that, the end of that. And these guys are making millions of dollars and hell, hell, they don't stand up. Right. Right. You know, as you said, who's 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 standing up, who's standing with uh, Kaepernick? Some yeah. of these guys, because they see that money train, you know, I'm not going to stick my neck out because it's going to get chopped off. Yeah. But yeah. you're you're not you're you're a 90 million dollar man. Right. You can afford to get your damn neck chopped off. Right. <laughs> right. It, it's 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 weird. It's a weird dichotomy when you when you think that. Here was a prime opportunity, I think. You know, there were a lot of people clamoring for change around police brutality when Kaepernick took his knee, you know, that, you know, there need to be some changes. And I thought it was the most opportune time after the current occupant called the players, sons of bitches, get them off the field. To me, that was the prime time. It's like, oh, oh, we're sons of bitches. Okay, we're going to show you. We're going to hit you where it hurts. And if they had gotten organized and planned a boycott, like, you know what, we're not playing until some things change, not just in the NFL, but in sports altogether, since the majority of the NFL and the NBA are black players. We want some changes made. And to me, that was the perfect opportunity. And and that chance was missed. And you think about the people who organized the Montgomery uh, bus boycott. They organized that. There was no Twitter. There was no Instagram, no Facebook, no nothing. And they literally shut down the Montgomery bus system, shut it down. And we got all this technology and whatnot. And we, we can't do that. We, we yeah. can't do that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I well, don't get it. The, the NFL has got, the players controlled. Yeah. The NBA have got the owners controlled. It's it's totally flip. Yeah. You know, the NBA, a player can say, I don't want to play for Cleveland anymore. I, I want to go to Miami. And the NFL, you don't do that because the owners has all the power. Yep. Yep. You know, so like Kaepernick, the owner says, you know, there's only 32 owners. And they said, we're not picking him up because, you know, these white folks are going to be mad. They're not going to come to the game. And if they don't come to the game, we're not going to make our millions. And if we don't make our millions, then, you know, my, my, my poor kids aren't going to get to go to the best schools and so on. Uh, the NFL has such control over their players and coaches and so on that it's the NFL is almost like the mafia. Hmm. You know, they have such control. You can only wear your uniform has to be like this. You have to have two colored socks. You just can't have bare legs. That's a rule. (laughs) Yeah. You notice. Yeah. Yeah. And your socks have to be a certain height and your jersey has to be tucked in a certain way. Yeah, and if yeah. you don't, if you're, if you're on the sideline, and you're not playing in the game, you gotta wear your mask. Yep. Coaches, if you don't wear your mask, it's gonna cost you fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. So yep. they've got complete control, and the and the NFL Players Association could nick some of that, but you can only do so much when you don't have when you don't have the money to to control things yeah yeah so you know i, I know that we kind of got off there yeah yeah yeah, yeah but yeah. you know that's that's kind of what we do right, right. <laughs> you know our, our conversation leads yeah. into other things so right. yeah that's that's where we are yeah that is where we find ourselves so but yeah that was it was it, i guess it spun off talking about mr boynton and sacrifice it's it's all in the you know that's where it spun off from so it's all good it's all yeah. good man yeah it's all good. So uh, the last person we want to talk about, uh, David Prowse, and someone, some of you may not recognize that name, 
But uh, if you were a Star Wars fan, Mr. Prowse was the original Darth Vader. Uh, he passed away today, I think, 85 years old. He was a British actor. He yep. was the original Darth Vader in the first three Star Wars films, which were, what, Star Wars, uh, Return of the Jedi, and The Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Uh, he yep. was the original Darth Vader. And, uh, I mean, man, the first the first time I watched Star Wars, I'm like, man, this this Vader character, man, he was, <laughs> he was just menacing, man, you know. Yep. And uh, and the voice, the voice was not his. They thought his British accent wasn't suitable for the role. So uh, James Earl Jones did the actual voice of Darth Vader. But but David Prowse uh, was the original Dark Knight, <laughs> you know, yeah, so to speak. So uh, your thoughts on David Prowse, Star Wars just in particular. I mean, are, you, are you a Star Wars fan? I am a Star Wars fan. I have always been a Star Wars fan. When it came out in 1977. I went and watched it, and I watched it when I was in Texas, I think it was. I came back, and Matthew Howard and I went and saw Star Wars at the State Theater. Wow, man. And then probably (laughs) two weeks later, we went up to Louisville at um, the—there's an outdoor uh, drive-in— that we went and watched it again. Wow. And so, wow. yeah, I've always I've always been a Trekkie type guy, you okay. know, science okay. fiction. Okay. And I've always been a Star Wars fan, you okay. know. And so Darth Vader and you know James Earl James Earl Jones really makes Darth Vader. Yep. Okay. <laughs> And watching all the Star Wars, you kind of have to watch them backwards to kind of get, you know, the gist of everything. But, yeah, I mean, the new the new Star Wars stuff that's out now, the the Mandalorian. Yeah. You know, I watch it. Uh, as a okay. matter of fact, <laughs> about mm, probably a month ago, you know, they got little a little baby thing that they call Baby Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> well, I bought a co- I went to I saw one over at uh Costco's this past summer and they were on sale for like 19 bucks. And I went, "Oh, wow. I should get one of those." But I said, "Nah, better not, you know." So, about a month ago, I went, "Hmm." And they just mentioned they're coming out with another season of the the Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Mandalorian, yeah. And uh, I said, huh, I'm going to go on to Costco's um, website and see if they have this little doll, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to their to their website, and hell, they had them. Wow. So I ordered two of them. <laughs> <laughs> they, were like, they were like five bucks more. Okay. So I ordered two of them. And I've got one in the original box, and the other one I've been having fun with. <laughs> and if you look at my Facebook page, I take pictures of this damn thing all over. <laughs> like this weekend, I I I took. It's actually called the child. The child. Okay. The child. And then I I took it down to Alex's with us, and so before we left. I put the child in the back window and I took like a selfie with him sitting behind me. <laughs> I've taken a picture of the child. I'm sitting on the deck and the child's sitting by me. <laughs> wow. I, uh, the, the, the day that they announced that Biden had won the election, I took a picture of the child looking at TV and it says Biden wins. <laughs> 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 this oh, week, this week, I, I'm I'm having fun with this damn thing. Yeah, this weekend, good. Alex was Alex was changing the the oil in the Saturn that we gave him. Yeah, okay. And so I put the child underneath the Saturn. <laughs> he's looking up like he's he's changing the oil. <laughs> and so I'm gonna post that this week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but I've yeah. always been a Star Wars fan. Okay. You know, held the entire family. Lynn doesn't kind of get into it, 
yeah. but myself and Stephanie and Alex, we were all Star Wars people. Okay. And we and uh, over Christmas break, every time that they've had a Star Wars movie release, we as a family has gone to watch Star Wars. Okay. So okay. Uh, I, I found out today I was uh, reading something that they they uh, the Mandalorian has given the name of the child. They mm-hmm. let it slip that the child has a name and it's not Yoda. So, of course, you know, some people are upset that it's not Yoda. That we're still going to call it Baby Yor, Yoda. <laughs> but the, the, the real name is uh, uh, Gorgu. <laughs> wow. That's the real name of the the, the child. <laughs> okay, okay. But I've having, I'm having fun with it. And yeah, Darth Vader has always been, you know, the guy that's... Um, that's been so menacing yep, and yep. he's, you know, in my, my favorite star Wars, uh, is the empire strikes back. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's, that's my favorite one. Cause it has Billy D in there and it has, yep. has a little bit of comedy in it and everything. Yep. You know, the first star Wars was just kind of getting used to it. And right. Right. You know, and then the empire strikes back was, uh, was much better to me. And then the Return of the Jedi was it was cool, yeah. But yeah. some of the later ones that that told the story of how, you know, uh, Anakin became Darth Vader and all these other little plots that go on it, you know, it's it's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it, it's deep. Yeah, I mean, it's deep for yeah. you know someone like me. It's you you gotta if you watch it backwards, you kind of get the sense of it. As mm-hmm. opposed to the way they released it, you know, they they did the first three, which it seemed like it, it had no connection, you know. But then they they give you the history, the story behind how Anakin became Darth Vader. So, right, right. so yeah. yeah, they've they've definitely made buku dollars off that franchise. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You know, uh, and I, I watched after the first three, I sort of got out of watching them. Uh, my wife, now she's a Trekkie. She's a Star Wars. She's a Harry Potter. She's a Lord of the Rings. She's into all that sci-fi stuff. The Twilight, mm-hmm. uh, the Twilight movie. She's into that. But uh, I, I can only go so far with sci-fi. My my level of sci-fi is the Twilight Zone. <laughs> <laughs> That's about my speed of, of sci-fi. So, yeah. But uh, David Prowse, uh, the original Darth Vader, passed Darth away today, Vader. age 85. So 85. rest in peace. Rest in power. So rest. May the force be with you. May the force be with him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So uh, a little bit past the top of the hour. The last thing we want to throw out tonight is um, the last film of Chadwick Boseman is hitting Netflix on December the 18th, about a week before Christmas. Uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Hmm. And uh, I saw the saw the trailer. It looks very very good. Uh, Ma Rainey was a blues singer back in the, what the 30s and the 40s, I believe. And uh, so it's a, it's about her and her band, and and Viola Davis is in there. She has a role in there, but it's Chadwick Boseman's last, last film, movie, yeah, his last movie. So uh, if you get a chance, check that out. I think it's going to be really good. Uh, Netflix, 18 December, week before Christmas. A lot of good stuff coming out on Netflix to watch. Here they they putting out a new movie each week. I think not only on uh, new stuff coming to Netflix, but the new Coming to America movie, Coming to America 2, is going to be on Amazon Prime. Hmm. It's not not going to the theaters. It's going to be on Amazon Prime. And that's Uh, the Sunday night movie tonight, Coming to America. Yeah, Coming to America. It's the Sunday night movie tonight. Uh, But the sequel, is, is, I think, is going to be on Amazon Prime. It comes out December. It might come out around the same time, December 17th. Somewhere in in mid to late December, it's going to be on Amazon Prime, not going to theaters. So I think that's the way of the future, man. Uh, I think theaters are going to be in a bit of a trouble. trouble. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, 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 got a question for you. It, it It goes with the... Coming to America, the yes. first one, and I know you're a big basketball player. And when when they went to the basketball game, yes, and um, uh, the Eddie Murphy 
was being hit on by the girl that he had taken to, you know, the, the owner's daughter. Right, right. Yeah. Do you know the two teams that were playing? Oh, I knew there? the Yeah, I knew the Knicks, and I can't remember who they were playing. <laughs> well, it was actually, it was a college team. Oh, they were in the garden, though. They were in the garden. Okay. Let me Name, think. One of, the, one of the main players played for the Indiana Pacers. He was in Coming to America. Then when they were shooting the, the video, he was out there. He was seven foot six tall. Now know him. Now you know who I'm talking about. Oh, you're talking uh, Rick Smith? Rick Smith played yeah. for St. John's. Ah, that was St. John's. And you, if you go back, if you watch it tonight, I when they go, to go there, watch it. you'll notice that big, tall, white guy in there. That's Rick Smith's. OK, I, have to, I knew they were in the garden. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a pro game. It was St. John's playing. OK. Yep. OK. Yep. Yeah. So. The dunking Dutchman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's what we got to look forward to for the holiday season, man. Uh, the the Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and uh, the new Coming to America two, and uh, I think the, the 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 bell is ringing for theaters, man. Because if if they're gonna allow movies to come into the streaming services, first run movies, why do you need to go to the movie theater? Yeah. I mean, well, really, why do you need to go to the movie theater? Yeah. I can sit in my basement with my popcorn and my snacks, and I don't have to worry about COVID restrictions or whatnot. Enjoy the film, you know. Yeah. So. I think that the the streaming services, man, they're getting more and more advanced every day. But so. what's going to happen, Wayne, is the fact that these major studios are going to start creating their own. Excuse me, they're going to start creating their own streaming entities. Yeah. And so they're going to start. Okay, you want to watch this movie that comes out? Then it's going to cost you five dollars and ninety-five cents. It's almost like you know how they killed boxing? Yeah. Is when they when they came with came out with pay per view. Yep. Yep. And I've never paid for a pay per view fight as long as it's come out. <laughs> because you know when we 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 grew up watching Wide World of Sports and yep. watching Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston and yep. you know yep. uh, uh, all those fights were free. We just watched it on TV. Yep. And. Yep. Don King and those guys came up with this idea that we can charge people to watch these major fights and they made plenty of money. Absolutely. You know, but they didn't get a damn dime from me. Nope. Nope. You know, never never did pay for view. Last never night, did. Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. fought and I had a fraternity brother that sent a link and said, hey, if you want to watch the fight, here's the link. Hell, I didn't even watch it. <laughs> I said, man, I'm not going to watch that fight. That's, somebody's paying for it. I ain't yeah. going to watch it. Yeah. Even if it's free, I'm not going to I'm yeah. not gonna watch it. It was a draw. They fought to a draw. Draw for a draw. <laughs> I read that this morning. I they was watching it. They fought to a draw. But I, I thought the most funny thing was, man, Nate Robinson tried to get into a <laughs> ring and fight this guy. Nate Robinson used to play. He was the slam dunk champ back in 20, I think it was 2018, maybe 17. Played for the Knicks, played for the Nuggets for a while. He decided he was going to fight this guy. Well, the guy knocked him out cold, man. If you go out to the internet, you see <laughs> Nate laying in the ring face down, out cold, man. And people are like Snoop Dogg said, man, he's like, why does everybody think they can get in a ring and box? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, that boxing is no joke. Yeah, Nate got knocked out cold, man. They got a picture in on the internet. It's like, dang, he is literally out cold, man. <laughs> so I think like, I saw yeah. that this morning, him laying in red, white, and blue shorts face down. Face down, man. I'm like, dang. So, yeah, he yeah, thought wrong. But Mike Tyson, they fought to a draw. So, you know, there's going to, and now, um, uh, Evander Holyfield says he wants to fight Mike Tyson. It's like, come on, man. We've done this. We don't need to do this again. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's like, okay, y'all, are you guys that desperate for money? <laughs> I mean, really? You know, Mike done bit your ear off once. I mean, <laughs> Reach, so rematch. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so, so, yeah, they fought to a draw last night. So that, that, was, that was it since we were talking about 
uh, you know, sports and whatnot. And this, it's like, man, it's, it's getting crazy. So, but that's where we are these days, man. The NBA is getting ready to kick off in a couple of weeks. Uh, they're seeing starting back up. So that should be interesting to see, uh, what it's going to look like. The rookies don't have a lot of time to uh, prepare themselves, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. So yeah, how are they going to do it, man? With with yeah, this COVID gonna, stuff. Well, yeah, they're not going to be in the bubble. No. Uh, I think uh, the commissioner said they're going to allow X amount of fans into the arena, uh, where and it's you know it's going to just be like you know people will travel just like they did before, but only a set amount of fans are going to be allowed, or, or some teams are not going to allow any fans. So I'm interested to see how this is going to work. So, um, yeah, but no bubble. It's 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 back like it was. So they're going to play 72 game season. They cut off 10 games uh, off the schedule. So 72 game season. The preseason kicks off, I think, on the 11th. They'll have games from the 11th through the 11th through the 18th or well, something. Hell, that's that's going to be unfair for the Lakers. They just finished the damn championship. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had five months off, I guess you can say. They had yeah, five I'm months off. I'm thinking like, okay, but, you're, you making, yeah, you're making buku millions of dollars. Yeah. This is your job. Let's let's roll the ball out and play. I mean, you know. Yeah. And, and they had the five months off, so they played, right. what, Three rounds to be champions. Yeah, they they played three rounds. Yeah, yeah. They so played three rounds. literally, oh. they could have played twenty one games. Right. So if they all went to game sevens. Right. And you've had you've been off for five months. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. So the, the, you this is your job. This is what the commissioner said. So we're expecting uh we're expecting to see what it's going to look like. Should be interesting. A lot of teams have reloaded. They restacked their squad, so it should be interesting. Kevin Durant will be back this year after a year off of injury. Uh, but I'm I'm sorry that Clay Thompson got hurt again. So for the Warriors, he tore his Achilles. Man, after rehabbing an ACL for a year, he tore his Achilles. Yeah. So they'll feel bad for the Warriors. I was really looking forward to seeing what they were going to look like this year. But you know, it's uh, we'll see, man. Folks are trying to play sports and deal with COVID and. Hopefully things work out, but yeah, you don't we'll, know. We'll NFL is having this, a tough time of it. <laughs> we'll talk about this vaccine. Maybe we have to talk. Maybe talk about that next week. Yeah, got to got to talk about the vaccine, and uh, you know, we'll see where we're at, man. This time next week, we're over two hundred sixty-five thousand. I mean, and we yeah. we don't want to talk about him, but no, yeah, later, <laughs> later, later, maybe next week, next maybe week. next week, next week. <laughs> So unless you have anything else, my friend, I think that's that's all we got for tonight. Yeah, uh, we were kind of long-winded tonight. Sorry yeah. about that, folks. But, you, yeah. Know, yeah. you know, two old friends from Elizabethtown, Kentucky. I, I do want to shout out to the Panthers. Oh. You know, the uh, football Panthers uh, had a big win Friday night uh, against Bardstown. This is the second okay. time they've played Bardstown this year. Okay. It was, it was real n- nick and tuck there. Uh, Bardstown was up, uh, most of the game and E-Town came back and, uh, tied the game up and ended up winning with 33 seconds to go in the game. Wow. It was, I mean, they tied it up with about three minutes to go and they kicked off and Barstown got the ball and they fumbled and, you know, three plays later, boom, E-Town was in the end zone celebrating the victory. Wow. And uh, they're playing their, uh, I think they play a team out of Louisville, a Catholic school out of Louisville next week at E-Town. Nice, nice. Hey, congrats to the Panthers, man, our old alma mater. Yes, sir. (laughs) We're, We're too... Two old old guys from uh, Elizabethtown. Always proud to see our, our our alma mater do well in all the sports and in, in everything. And uh, you know, we 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 love our hometown. We're just not there now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep keeping up on things. It's all good, man. So yep, that's awesome. Yep, yep. That and is it's, awesome. It's it's also weird to see that all those kids that are out there playing now, they're grandkids of our. Of our teammates. Right. 
That really it's, takes you back. It's it's weird to see it, Wayne, because I watch Facebook. The games are Facebook Live all the time. Oh, okay, okay. And so I watch it every Friday night, and you go, I know that kid's grandpa, you know. And so wow. all the athletes that's gone through E-Town, yeah. that are still in E-Town, all their grandkids are now coming through. Wow. And so they're undefeated. Oh, wow. Yeah, they're undefeated, wow. man. They're either ten and zero or eleven and zero. I think they're eleven and zero. Wow, wow, that's awesome, man. Just just little mosquitoes running around there, but but they can they can play. Wow, wow, that's fantastic, man. Yep, fantastic. So yeah, shout out to the EHS Panthers uh, for big win Friday night over the Bardstown. What was what was where was Bardstown? What was they're, their? Uh, they're the Tigers. Tigers, that's right. Bardstown Tigers. Yep, yep, yep. All good. All right then. Well, All righty. Uh, gonna... Thanks for coming coming and listening to us. I'm, I'm, I hope that you've enjoyed the podcast. I hope you enjoy our podcast. And uh, we're going to continue to say it like we see it. And uh, hopefully in the, in the near future, we'll have some more exciting uh, episodes coming. Last, last thoughts, Wayne. Nope. Got you, man. That's it. Glad you could join us. Check us out. We've got a Facebook page. We're on all the podcasting platforms, so check us out, the Across the Tracks podcast. I am Wayne, and as I usually sign off, I am uh, signing off with Wakanda forever. I am Steve, and I'll see you next time, and I sign off with my Chiliamo Dopo.